Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the 4Jack Podcast. On today's episode, our guest is Alabama native and PGA Tour professional, Mr. Zach Sucker. Zach has been a regular on tour since 2015 and after coming back from injuries, nearly won the Travelers Championship. Zach had so many stories ranging from his early years in golf to his newfound hobby, Megalodon Artifact Enthusiast? This was a really fun chat with a great guy. Enjoy everyone. Welcome to the 4Jack Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the 4Jack Podcast, brought to you by Jackson Labs. We're here on a beautiful Sunday morning, ready to get into our chat with our guest today. But before we do that, we're just going to send it on over to the West Coast and say hello to Mr. Parkinson. How are you, dude? Hey bud, how you doing? Happy to be here. Looking forward to this guest today. We got a little follow up. Uh, it's like the shark hunting extravaganza guy here, so it's going to be interesting to really validate that story. But yeah, unfortunately, a little bit crappy here today. It's been a crap week, but uh, two of our boys bailed today for the sunshine, so no fault on theirs. Don't hate it. But next up, we'll get our guest in line here, PGA Tour professional, Mister Zach Suker. What's up, dude? Hey, uh, how you guys doing? Good, man. You Fantastic. look uh, look like we're mobile right now. We're, you said you're heading out to the lake, about to enjoy some sunshine as well. That's exactly right. Going to uh, do a little fishing and just kind of relax. Uh, is that fishing going to involve uh, chasing down some megalodons? Or <laughs> oh man, I wish I am. Uh, I'm fully hooked on uh, on this uh, shark teeth diving that I've <laughs> the fossil diving that I've been doing for the last. Uh, I guess don't really only the last kind of six months. Okay, before we even get into golf, we gotta we gotta talk about this because this was a shocking moment when we were talking to Craig. Yeah, so um, I got in. Um, so when I had my ankle surgery a couple of years ago, um, I couldn't golf. I couldn't turn on it for about a year, and so a little over a year. And so they said. You know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and scuba diving was one of the things that I always wanted to do that I'd never had. Um, I never had really the time to do it, and so uh, during this, I thought I'm going to go get certified and just 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 scuba certified. And so I walk into this uh, this shop in Birmingham, Southern Skin Diver Supply, which is side story. They're the oldest scuba shop in the U.S., which I think is wild in Birmingham. Oh, You'd think it'd have to be by coast, but they, uh, their great grandfather or something started it and, um, and I've loved it. And so I walk in and they have fossils and teeth and bones and just stuff everywhere in there. It looks like you're walking into a museum. And second I walked in, I'm like, okay, how do I find this stuff? What do, what do, tell me what I need to do to, to get into this. And so, um, so that's pretty much what we did. And it took probably a year of training and I did, um, solo divers course and, um, all kinds of other certifications to do it. And, um, and so then he says, you know, you got to do 50 solo dives yourself before we'll take you to, uh, to do this. Cause you dive in these, in these, um, tide, tide rivers basically over there in, in the coast. And we go to, pretty much up the East coast is, is, is a great spot for it. And so, um, and so it's dark water, you have to have a headlight, you fight the current and second oh. you hit the river, you're by yourself. And cause then you can't see even underwater, you can't see, you know, 
three feet in any direction. And so, uh, and so, um, is that not a little yeah, freaky I've though? I've gotten into it and, um, and I've really gotten into, um, it being, uh, um, once you find your first tooth, I found my first tooth was about a six inch tooth. And once I found that, I was like, man, I am, I am hooked. I got to, uh, I got to do this more and more. And so, uh, yeah, for the last six months, I've been going every chance I can. Six inch tooth. Oh, geez. That's big. <laughs> oh, I'd be scared of what else is down there, man. Yeah, no doubt. Like, I mean, it's dark down there, man. What if you run into one of these things? What do you got to protect yourself? The headlight? So they, have, they have a few. Uh, so I've got knives on me and I've got, um, I mean, not, not enough to do anything. If anything wanted to, if anything wanted to hurt me down there, I, I'd be helpless. But, um, do they have, they still have, those sharks are all extinct now, but the, uh, for, for millions of years, but the, uh, but they still have, um, some bull sharks and some tiger sharks mm -hmm. and stuff that come in these and, um, and some alligators. I haven't had any run-ins with anything yet, but, um, everyone says if you do it long enough, you'll, uh, you'll bump into something that freaks you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Jeez. You love to keep it on the edge. I like that. But before we continue on with any, uh, you know, nerve rattling stuff like that. Maybe we'll talk about your golf career as well. <laughs> Why don't we start kind of way back, way back from the beginning? Like, how did we get into it? And how was your journey like to the PGA Tour? Yeah, absolutely. So my dad, uh, my dad loved golf. Uh, he still loves golf. He plays, he's retired now and he plays probably six, six or seven days a week. I mean, he golfs about as much as I do. Um, nice. And he's, he's a pretty good player. So he, um, it kind of started out as a way I'd go spend, a couple hours with him a day. I'd play nine holes with him when I was really young. Um, I'd look for golf balls and mess around trying to find snakes or anything else in the golf course. And uh, while he played nine, I, I'd play three or four at a time and, and do that the rest of the time. And so um, I started when I was probably five or six years old. And by the time I was 10, I was you know, playing in some tournaments and, and uh, taking it a lot more seriously. And so that's, that's kind of how I got my start. You played quite a bit as a junior golfer then. Yeah, I did. I played, um, it's been my favorite sport since, since I was a little kid. And so I played, um, I played, you know, basketball and baseball and, and about every other sport, but golf was the one that I, I'd always enjoyed the most. Yeah. So you, you were born in Atlanta, but then obviously moved to Alabama then. So going to play for Alabama was like quite a big deal when you finally reached college. I mean, that was massive for you. So I play. I played for UAB, and so um, I almost went to Alabama actually. But I, uh, I actually had I had it in my head that I was going to go to Alabama for sure. And um, what changed my opinion was I went on my on my visits, and um, Alabama Birmingham. The golf courses were absurd good. I mean, they were. We played Shoal Creek, Greystone, Old Overton, Vestavia, all the top courses in the state. And um, and I was like, man, this is this is pretty amazing. And then I went to, um, to Tuscaloosa over there, and this is before they built their massive golf facility. Um, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't, you know, I can't see myself playing these courses every day when I could play when I could play the courses at UAB." And so, um, and so that was that was kind of my. And we were only forty five minutes away, so I was like, "Man, if I want to go hang out with my friends from high school or go watch a football game or do whatever, you know, I, I can still do that." Mm -hmm. Nice. And so how did, how did that sort of lead you into Corn Ferry Tour playing? What, what was the college scene like and what was your, your competitive side like in college? 
Yeah, so um, that was kind of the other good thing about UAB was um, was I was able to start my freshman year and play some and um, played all through my my four years. And really, I'd always loved playing golf. I'm, I'm not a huge um, range rat. I'm getting a little better as I get older about putting in the time that I need to um, practice. But I, I've always been one that I'd rather go play 36 holes than than spend two hours on a range. And so um, so that was kind of the other thing with UAB was I was able to play um, play every day at these top courses that were, you know, difficult that prepared me for, um, prepared me more for, I think, professional golf than just sitting on a range and, and, um, working on that. Exactly. Makes sense. And then you played a little bit of mini tour stuff before you moved into web.com nationwide. kind of thing. I kind of bounced around my first, uh, four years. I bounced between Hooters tour and web.com or nationwide, I guess my first year. Mm -hmm. Um, and then um, bounced back and forth for, for a while before I finally had full status on the web.com. And, and um, then since then, I've bounced back and forth between the uh, PJ Tour and that. Mm-hmm. You had a very like, competitive time there as well, like that era when you were initially getting onto the web and moving into the Corn Ferry. Like, it was quite a competitive time on those tours. There was a lot of graduates that moved up onto the PJ Tour. Like, that would have been a lot of fun to see. Exactly. The... Um, my um yeah my it's it's always cool looking back every time you earn your card or every time you even even get on the web.com um to look at the guys that you competed against and how they're doing now and and i'm always amazed to see some of the guys that you play with you're like that guy's gonna make it for sure mm-hmm. and then they don't or you think that guy's gonna make it for sure like justin thomas the first time i played with him i'm like man this guy is like missing nothing um usually you play with guys and you're like oh you know he hits it a long way but you know his putter looks a little shaky or he hits it you know or a short game's awesome but he doesn't you know to work on this when I, the first time i played with him he played well and um i was like man this guy this guy's solid how eye-opening was that coming from college on to well maybe past the mini tours but when you finally got onto the web how like eye-opening was that to see and you're like whoa like these guys are really really good like you got to step up your game now yeah i think every every step of the way going all the way back to junior golf has been that way when you get uh, i got to college and i was like oh my gosh these guys you know i'm at uab the school isn't even that you know it's a good golf school but it's not like the top of the top you're not going to georgia or or oklahoma state or something Mm -hmm. and i got there i'm like oh my gosh these guys are amazing and um and then when I was really good at college golf and turned pro, even on the Hooters tour, I was like, oh, man, these, you know, these guys are all, you know, would be the best at college. And so um, same way the web.com and then again on the PGA, you go and you see that these guys have uh, – you always see chinks in the armor and every every step that you get better and get on a better tour or get um, a better group of guys, you realize like, oh, I got to get better at – you know, I, I always thought I was a great chipper in college. Um, I was like, I can get up and down better than anyone. When I turned pro, everyone was as good as me. And so it was like, oh, I got to work, you know, even harder at this or I've got to I've got to get better at this when I, you know, when you didn't I didn't see any reason for it in college. I think the proof's in the pudding, though. You got your first win on the Corn Ferry Tour or, or Web.com Tour. So, I mean, that's got to kind of validate your your process, right? Absolutely. The um, <clears throat> I think the first the first great week you have anywhere sets you up to say I'll be, you know, now now I can do this now the. uh you know, if I, if I bring my A game, 
it's it's good enough. My good enough will work. And so that's the uh, that's that's the that's very validating to know that like you know, some places you think, oh, I played great here and I finished thirty, and you're like, man, that's um, you know, it's, it's kind of defeating. Um, I think some courses set up better for you than others, but you know, some places I still um, I play great, and I'm like, man, that was that course is hard. How are these guys doing it? And then other weeks you play great and you're like, Oh, okay, this is, or you, or you don't even bring your a game. And you're like, Oh man, that was all right. If I, if I played my best, I would have won here. Mm-hmm. I think we have a lot more wins to look forward to as per your caddy, Craig Mulinex. He's, uh, he's, he's in your corner all the way, man. So let's talk about him and, and how you guys got to know each other and give us some, give us some background on, on Craig. Yeah. So I, I had always seen him. He, he caddied out at Shoal Creek, um, where, where I play at most when I'm at home. And, um, and I had known Trey, um, Craig is Trey, Trey Mullinax's uncle. And so I had seen him caddying out at Shoal and I asked Trey, I'm like, you know, tell me, tell me about your uncle a little bit. I'm looking for a caddy, you know, I need, uh, I need the scoop. And so he told me, you know, he said he doesn't, he's, he doesn't have much experience for caddying out at a professional level. Um, but you'll never find a more positive guy than Craig. And I was like, man, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And so, um, I was looking for a guy that would chat out there that would, uh, that would keep it light and that would keep it positive. And so, um, that he can do that yeah, 100% I mean, <laughs> he can do. Yeah. He's good. He, at he that. will do that. He, he couldn't, uh, I mean, he, that's literally him, him to the core. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so we have fun and, um, you know, he, ma- he makes playing golf practicing and doing all that, you know, a little more enjoyable. And so it's, it's perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how much of a difference does that make, having a guy like that on the bag for you? I mean, that must change everything. Instead of being with someone that you don't really want to be there with. Like, Exactly. I've had a few caddies um, when I was in between or trying to find a guy that I'm like, you know, you immediately are like, you know, we, we don't work together. Like, you're not that you're a bad caddy. We just, it's not fun. I want it to be, we're going to work hard, but I want it to be fun. It's and a so, um yeah, exactly right. And so, um, you know, Craig, Craig fit that perfectly when, um, you know, when we're, when we're not golfing after the round, before the round, we're fishing, we're hiking, we're having, you know, we're, we're enjoying everything there is to enjoy, which is, which is always nice to have, uh, to have a guy out there that wants to do that with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So we'll kind of fast forward a bit here. So we kind of moved through the web nationwide, whatever it was at that time. And then, um, we get on tour and then that slew of injuries kind of start to arise there with the ankle and everything. How difficult was that when you kind of had to take a step back and go through the rehab process? Yeah, that was probably the first, um, that was probably the first long break I'd ever had from golf. Um, I've never had too many injuries. I had had, um, you know, I had ankle injuries in, in high school from playing basketball and from, and growing up. And, and so I had had injuries, but it was never anything that was more than like a two week thing. It was always like, Oh, I rolled my ankle again, take two weeks and I'll be right back at it. And, um, and so the, I think the first two months of that was, was pretty difficult. It was thinking, you know, <clears throat> it was slow, I, you know, I walking on crutches and then, um, not being able to do a whole lot. But as soon as, as soon as I could get to doing things, it was like, okay, I'm going to look at this break as a good time to spend with my family. We're going to do, do some fun stuff. Um, walking really didn't bother me at all. It was, it was more of the twisting. That was the problem that was keeping me out for so long. And so it was, you know, saying, Hey, we're going to, 
we're going to travel a little bit. We're going to, you know, I'll get to spend time at home that I never get to. Um, and, um, you know, I think it was, it was a good time to grow as a family. So, you know, after the first two months, it was, there was a lot, you know, plenty of positives to take away. To be fair, like you said, you kind of started picking up a new hobby anyways and started fishing for Megalodon teeth. So, I mean, that was a bonus. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. I found, uh, I found something that's, you know, might be my, one of my new favorite things to do. Yeah, exactly. So, so you finally get back on tour after those injuries and then you have that unbelievable start of the Travelers Championship. And it was just like a dream start up until like a five hole stretch. And you're like, geez, like, but like a good showing for what you did coming back off injuries. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, you know, that was my first time ever in remote um, chance to win a PGA event. And so it was, it was thinking like, that's a big venue too, right? Huge. Exactly. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was up at travelers. And so it had a good, it had great, it had a great field um, playing with some, you know, looking at the leaderboard and I'm seeing big names up there and I'm thinking, man, this is, you know, that, that validation saying is your best is, is your a game good enough? That, that was it saying, mm -hmm. look, if I play, if I play like I'm capable of, I can, um, you know, I can, I can easily win this thing. And so other than, we look back at that, uh, the back nine, the back nine Saturday and the front nine Sunday. If I, if I compared that to the rest of the week, I, I would have ran away with the thing. And so, yeah. um, I, obviously I didn't, but it was, um, the back nine Sunday was big on validation. When the pressure was on, I was able to play really well. And obviously leading up to that, it was like, man, this is, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you were, really weren't expecting Reevy to make five birdies and six holes, like man, <laughs> right, right during my collapse, I went. Um, <clears throat> he picked up uh, what did he pick up? Eight shots and three holes, ten, eleven, and twelve. Yeah. I think I was, I think I went from up six to down to down two and three holes, which is not a uh, <laughs> that was, that was pretty, not that ideal. Was rough. That was pretty rough. <laughs> What, what's that what's that talk like with your caddy at that point is he still trying to keep it light or is he trying to steer you a little bit or what's he what's he doing you know i think we both learned a little bit from that I, we kind of the, you know, the wheels fell off there and for for those three holes it was pretty quiet um especially 11 and 12 and i think i think he learned from that and i learned from that that hey we got to figure out a way to get out of that if this that if we get in this situation again we got to get out of it faster and um I think the best thing that could have happened for us was after I went, uh, I went bogey double double, and then there was a massive wait on the uh, 13th tee. There was there was two groups on 13, which I think was helped me a lot to think. Okay, I got you know half an hour here Slow to down. sit back and regroup. And um, but again, I, I think you know, you know the best thing to do is learn from these situations, and we and we learn. Hey, we gotta we gotta get out of this faster. We don't you know we gotta we gotta make we gotta turn that into a you know, a one hole event next time than a three hole. Yeah. hundred percent. What does it look like this year for, for starts and stuff like that? What are you looking forward to? Yeah. So this year's weird with, um, with all this going on right now, the fields are going absurdly deep. Um, and so, I, you know, I was looking forward to getting back started, you know, as soon as possible. It looks like, um, it looks like at least the first two weeks I'm not getting into it. Um, Hoping, hope, still hopeful for even getting into travelers again. You think you, you follow up a, a tide for second that you'd be in for sure there, yeah. but uh, you know, after after the first three weeks, I think people will start withdrawing and, and things will calm down a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But right now, it's it's brutal. It's looking like a uh, 
corn fairy start, which would be nice. No one's played golf in three months. So it'd be nice to get, um, that'll be some warm up events. I think before the, uh, before I started playing, um, you know, with it, with the way everything looked, with the way everything happened, you know, basically guaranteed the same status next year as we had this year. And so, um, yeah, so it's looking like, you know, I got plenty, plenty of events coming up the next, next year and a half. And, and this year is more of a, the rest of this year is more of a, you know, there's no, there's no real downside. Go out and play to win. And, and, um, you know, you already have stuff locked up for next year, no matter what. Yeah. You got money in the bank, so to speak. So that's kind of fun. Maybe that frees you up. You play a little bit more aggressively, positively, whatever. Right. Exactly right. There's absolutely nothing to lose this year. You can go take a swing at VJ down on the corn ferry as well. (laughs) That's exactly right, man. I looked at, I pulled up the, uh, I pulled up the uh, the field last week, and it is this is ridiculous. There's like 30 guys with PGA Tour status that are signed up for the Corn Ferry that aren't getting in. It's 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 ridiculous what? how deep this is going. The uh, awesome. everyone is playing at all these events, so it's uh, everybody misses golf. Exactly right. Everybody's excited to play again. Yeah. Well, it is pretty crazy when you think about those first few events. Like you're saying, I mean, literally everyone's going to be playing. Like the top 50 will be in every event for the first three weeks. That's exactly right. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I mean, it is literally everybody. Um, everyone is signed up. Yeah, that's nuts. What kind of, what, we like kind of like to ask our guests what's in the bag and what kind of equipment they prefer to play with. And maybe there's some superstitious reasons for things. So what are you, what are you working with right now, Zach? So I am, I am uh, right now. I am a Titleist driver, Titleist three wood. Scotty Cameron putter and then Strixon the rest of the way through the bag. And so um, um, Strixon is my main sponsor. I've been using them since college. And, um, you know, I think that was pretty clear over the last few years when Cleveland made the transition to Strixon that a lot of the pros didn't like the drivers as much. Um, I am excited for the first time in um, for the first time in a long time since, since they made that merger they're coming out with some good drivers um, this next year. And so I think by, by the end of this year, I'll be back in, be back in a Strixon driver for sure, uh, just based on the prototypes that I was hitting um, earlier in the year. And so, um, but, but outside of the, um, you know, a- after you get into the irons and wedges, I don't, I don't think there's a better company than Strixon. Nice. Um, are you a bit of a tinker at all? Um. Not really. I'm more of a, uh, I mean, I'll mess around with some stuff, but I'm more of a, uh, once I, once I like it, it's, it sticks till I, till I don't, which is usually yeah. a long time. That's good. Anything, anything specific with your wedges? I've, I've been with a, uh, I've been with Cleveland wedges for, um, man, since, since I was in junior golf. And so, um, you know, it, visually, it's exactly what you know. I'm comfortable with looking at it, and um, to be honest, I never even tried anything else. I'm I'm, I'm so content with with the uh, with the Cleveland wedges. I've always played um, either three or four in the bag, and so uh, so yeah, I've been using them for man, 20, 20 years almost now. What's your loft setups on your wedges? So I have um, right now. I have I have four every week. I have a uh, a sixty, a uh, fifty six. 51 and 46 oh i like that yeah that's a good setup that's what i want to get rid of i want to get get the 46 in the bag that's right the, the uh, you know i they are you know wedges sets always come with the wedge and I, i've always liked 
once I get into my wedges, I feel like, all right, it's attack time. And I always like a wedge to look different than, than the set of wedges. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's just a difference when you look at a wedge, you're like, I'm, you know, you, you expect to make birdie when you get a wedge in your hand. Yeah. Mentally you think, yeah, this is a scoring club. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I like it to look different than, than my regular set. That's cool. I like that. I like that thought. I was going to ask you, Zach, I saw on your Instagram that you got to, you got the chance to play the Seminole men, men's member guest last year. Now seeing that golf course in that condition and then watching the last tailor-made driving relief, uh, event that they put on. Exactly. How wild is that golf course? Like, like actually to see in person, you know, I, I wish they would have had, um, I wish it would have played firmer and faster. I know, yes. and I know they do too. Um, because I, uh, when I played it, um, my first round there ever, the practice round for that, everyone, at least everyone in the group, at least once putted a ball from the green into a bunker, and, <laughs> which is, which is nuts to have all four guys do it. Um, and on three different holes as well. And so, uh, and you, I, you didn't get to see any of that from on TV. You can't really see the slope change. You can't really see, um, elevation change is always hard to see on tv and so just to see how how turtle backed every green is out there and it's the only course i've ever played that you could stand at 100 yards on every hole and half of them i'd be like really focused in on what not to do which is which is crazy because you, you just don't miss it by much for have a ball you know roll into the bunker you can make you can make plenty of birdies but you could also bogey or double about every hole out there just just based on the green complexes so that was really cool yeah exactly. it's crazy because they were they were hyping that up on tv to, like the announcers were talking about it but it just didn't seem to come to fruition when the guys were playing it was like hey yeah. what's going on here like is it really that hard yeah i think having those soft greens um not every green not taking one bounce no matter how you know whether you're 100 yards or not i mean these balls were hit hitting so soft on them um and the same thing on the long par threes. I think this is one of the best par threes for a played. You can stand at a you know a six iron on it with no real trouble, and they're just brutal. And I think that watching those shots where the guys just you know were hitting seven irons or six irons and just flying them in, and they'd roll out a couple of feet. You know, didn't show what I think what I think Seminole plays like most of the time. And so um, and so yeah, I think. I would have loved to see it, you know, rock hard and fast. I think that's how they want it to play, and that's how it's that's how that place is meant to be played, and that's when it shows its teeth. Yeah, you want to see those guys get beat up a little bit. That'd be nice. <laughs> exactly. We played that that pro um, the pro member down there, and you got on the leaderboard, and you're playing a course that you think when you when you tee it up, you're like, I'm going to shoot 65 every time. You know, there's not much trouble. It's short, um, reachable par fives, and to see all these all these PGA guys shoot, you know, seventy fours and seventy fives was, was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you know, when, when it's all you know wedges and, and getting beat up on, e on what looks like easy shots, and so that was a uh, that's what yeah I think everyone hoped to see, and that's what I, I'm sure they wanted to see, and hopefully when they have the uh, Walker Cup back there and it's and it's televised again, you know, fingers crossed for it being firm and fast. Mm -hmm. it, it's funny bill core was talking about the golf course he was asked what he thought about it and he actually just started laughing and saying you think you're a player you should go play seminal when it's windy <laughs> man it, i i can't you know I, I can't imagine it being fun for your average amateur golfer the, you no. know 
the, the bunkers, when they roll off, they all roll to a flat or a down slope. And I can just see guys just going back and forth. Um, <laughs> your average golfer would just every green, every green miss would be a double. And, yeah. uh, and so it's, um, but again, for, for that being the case, when you have wedges in it is kind of fun. Like you don't expect, you don't, you don't ever want to go play a course where you just get beat up all the time. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. as much as I love Tory Pines, I would not like to play the South course every day because it would just be like, man, this is, this is hard. Like I'm just getting beat up over and over and over again. And, um, but this course is like, it, it would scare you into thinking or it would trick you into thinking like, Oh, I'm going to birdie this hole. Or I've got, you know, I've got wedges. I can make six or seven birdies pretty easily, but man, you just miss by a little bit and it just eats you up. Mm-hmm. Game over. Yeah. What are your, uh, what are your, some of your favorite courses on tour or some of your favorite events or the um, favorite events? Oh man. Even before I played great at travelers, I would have said that was, I'd always told everybody that was my favorite event. The hospitality. Um, it's my favorite nine holes in golf. The back nine is the most risk reward nine holes I've ever played. Um, which is what, which, which I think makes it so much fun. There's trouble every hole almost. Um, but you can birdie about every hole. Um, and so I think that's, um, that's probably my favorite nine holes in golf and then to play well on it made it made it even better afterwards but um and then it's tough to beat pebble week um playing monterey and spyglass and pebble all in the same week is is uh i don't think i don't think there's a better week than that i mean that's one that event that i'm excited every year it's like oh cool i get to go play these courses again um and so um yeah those those are probably two of my favorites awesome so with everything going on with the pandemic and whatnot, how is that affecting you and your time off? Were you still getting to practice lots? Was it uh, a bit taxing when it came to either the body or the financial side of things? Like, how was it for you and your and Craig? And are, are you ready to get out of this, obviously? Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely ready to get out of it. Um, it's been, um, you know... For the first for the first month of it, the first few weeks, and we didn't really know how long it would take. Um, first off, I'll say no courses in Birmingham that I play ever shut down, which was nice. That's great. Um, so, I, so I was always able to go practice. I was always able to play, um, and so that that was really nice. Um, but the first, I think, the hardest part was in the first month. Um, you didn't know whether to play to grind or to practice. The motivation wasn't there. It was like you know, I want to set date, you know, I think golfers as a whole, they schedule their practice based on when they're expecting to play. And so, um, I was kind of in limbo of like, man, do I, do I practice? Do I want to go grind in my putting for a couple hours? Um, or do I just take this as a time off? And so, um, the first month was like kind of in between. And then when they said, you know, we're not coming back till June, it was kind of like, okay, great. This is, we don't get many breaks in golf. We'll view this as a break I'm taking you know almost a month off where I'm not gonna not that I'm not gonna do anything with golf but I'm not gonna practice hard I'm just gonna take it as a break and regroup spend it with my family we um we went out and canoed a bunch of rivers and did hikes in the in the Alabama area we've never done before and so we spent a lot of time outdoors which was nice um you know as a family and so um I think you know, that, that was much easier. And now, now it's like, okay, we, we got a set date. We're actually going to start this time. It looks like, and so it was back to, you know, working with my coach, let's get, you know, working on stuff I need to work on and get back into golf, you know, ready for golf tournament conditions. 
how have you enjoyed not traveling all the time? You know, it's been, it's been kind of nice. Um, I think the, as a family, we love to travel. We, you know, mm-hmm. I think the worst part of this was we never have time to take big trips. Um, and so we were like, when this all happened, we're like, perfect. We're going to Zion national park. We're going to go travel all over the country to all these places. We don't, you know, we don't get to go to usually. And then it was like, Oh, but also you can't travel. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> this sucks. Like, you know, doing, you know, a man, a mandatory break that we also can't do yeah. what we've, normally look forward to when there's no golf and so um and so but on the bright side we did get to do some of the stuff in alabama that we've never done before that we you know um places that parks we could drive to or hikes that you could that you could do and so um so yeah it was nice to not you know travel that much and then also you know i got to do this this uh, megalodon or fossil diving over there uh, I don't think South Carolina ever shut down. So we, we rented a house and just would drive over there as a family and drive back. And so that was, oh, that was kind of nice um, to do, um, to do that. That's something that there's no way I have enough time to do as much as I would like to ever. Mm-hmm. Did your wife put you to work around the house? We got to know. Um, a little <laughs> bit. We, <laughs> not a whole lot. I, I did, I did a few, um, I did a few small jobs. I, uh, I stained our fence. That was my big job. There you go. Um, we stay in the fence. We, you know, did a few other little things here and there, but no, n- not, not a whole lot. <laughs> I only ask because she's sitting beside you. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so we got one final question for you before we wrap it up here. And we always like to like ask our guys what, what the wow factor story is on tour. We're not really necessarily looking for dirt on other guys, but what was one of the coolest experiences you've had being on PJ tour, <laughs> tour web.com, that kind of thing. Man, um, I think I think maybe the biggest wow factor of the last few years was the weeks after the Travelers. How many players, guys that I had looked up to my whole life, um, that I had followed, role models, Ernie Ells being one of them, um, coming up and to say congratulations and to you know give you a pat on the back. That that was probably one of the coolest things that's happened. Um, Overall, Ernie was always my favorite golfer growing up. And so the next week I'm hitting range balls and he walks up and, you know, tells me congratulations and blah, blah. And so I think other guys, how much other guys pay attention and, and, you know, how nice most of the big guys are. And so I think that was, um, I think that was pretty, that was probably one of the biggest wow factors was, man, these guys actually do pay attention. It's it's pretty cool. (laughs) That's so cool. That would have been like a dream come true as like a golfer as well. Biggie, oh, I was I was over. all excited. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Craig Craig was there. I mean, I was I was fired up for the rest of the week. I bet um, Craig was more excited like, than you. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was like, man, I've never, you know, I've always followed this guy, the, the Big Easy. I've followed him my whole life. You know, he he said hey to me. This was this was great. <laughs> yeah, we heard the uh, we heard the Henrik Stenson story about the new driver. Craig was not too impressed at the pro ams <laughs> you guys played in. So, oh, that was that was that great. Was a good the, one. The, the best part of that story was that there was, you know, that, that T box had so many people on it um, because there were so many groups on it. And so there were, I mean, there were hundreds of people standing around and he told it so loudly that everyone was into the story. And I mean, I mean, he about sent him to the ground. He gave him a good hit with it. It was, uh, yeah. it, it, it was <laughs> hilarious. I, he might be, so he's the one golfer that I didn't know would be funny like that. I had always watched him, you know, 
you watch Ryder Cups and you watch all these majors. And he was a guy that I never, not that I disliked him at, at all, but I never rooted for him because, you know, I didn't know him. And, and he was always, you know, the European. And I always thought he was Mr. Serious when you yeah, watch they him. call him the Iceman. Yeah, you know, I, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking like this guy, you know, he doesn't smile much. He's hilarious. He talked yeah. the whole round. Um, and he was really funny about all of it. So I thought that, you know, there was a guy that, I immediately became a fan of playing with him, you know, just 18 holes. Yeah. Super cool. I've heard that of a bunch, like a bunch of guys talk about stents and saying like, he does seem like that serious guy. And then you meet him and he's like the funniest dude ever. Like quiet. Oh, he jokes. Yeah. He jokes the whole entire day. He was easy. Like, you know, when it was his turn to hit, he was serious, but it was, it wasn't like he was, you know, I played with a whole lot of golfers that I thought were a lot more serious than him. He, he joked around. He was funny. I mean, he, it was it was great. I completely had him pegged wrong from watching him on TV. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, Zach, we can't thank you enough for your time. We'll we'll let you go because we know you have a bit of a drive still here today. But um, where can people find you? What are your socials, and how can we follow along with you and your journey? Yeah, um, Zach Sucker PGA on Instagram and uh, and Twitter. I'm I'm on there a decent amount, and um, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me. It's uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It's been awesome. a lot of fun, man. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you for sure. All right. Good luck. Thank you. We're gonna, we're gonna, we want to get you back on, you and Craig back on when you, uh, when you take down the first W. Yeah, we got to do this together. It'll be uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll try to make fun of him a little bit on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. That's right. Safe awesome. travels today, guys. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Zach. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, 4Jack Podcast fam. It's your boy, Active Nation, and thank you for listening to the 4Jack Podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. You know what? Because that would really make our day. Thank you, and let's keep on golfing, baby. I kind of like that last one. Okay, then we're good. Cut it.